0: Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heavenwards podcast. I'm Father Stanislav and I welcome you to this episode with a special joy because we are closing this liturgical year and we are therefore looking at Jesus, the King of the Universe. We want to therefore open our hearts and our minds to welcome the word so that indeed we can welcome the message and respond it properly. Almighty ever living God, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of the universe, grants. We pray that the whole creation set free from slavery may render your majesty service and ceaselessly proclaim your praise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me ill and you cared for me in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I said to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. A stranger and you gave me no welcome. Naked and you gave me no clothing ill, and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs? And he will answer them, Amen, I said to you what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment by the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. What a beautiful day. We are celebrating the feast of Jesus Christ, our Lord, King of the universe. This is the last Sunday of our liturgical year, and therefore we are wrapping up our journey, our adventure that allowed us to go through the Gospel of Matthew and learn from him about Jesus, and most especially how to be a disciple of Jesus. And therefore I'm particularly happy because we are now looking at the whole thing, But I also am happy because I think we have a new audio system. I hope that at home they can hear it better because yeah, if this works, we really made it, yeah. Okay, trying to keep my enthusiasm there. But so, this is the Feast of Jesus the King. And let's remember, let's keep in mind something, that when we were baptized, we share in the ministry of Jesus. We, with Jesus, are prophet, priest, and king, yes. And I know we have, in the United States, there is this love, hate, with the crown, with royalty, right? We, there is always this fascination, especially when there is a, a royal wedding. You know, we all get wild. And, and we love it, but at the distance, it's fine. There is a notion, it's, we, but we are fascinated. So as, as a way of reminding all of us That we are sharing the kinship of Jesus. I think it's proper. Isn't it beautiful? I know, I know. Thank you. It's to remind us that indeed we follow a king that shares his kinship with us. We haven't seen anything like this. So let's find out what exactly means to have Jesus as king of the universe. And most especially, how can we enter into this holiday to make sure that we live properly. Now, first of all, we see that Jesus is the king of the whole universe, not just earth. It means that every single thing that God created was given to Christ. Christ received it as a gift. And now he's changing it. He's changing it into his kingdom. And as scripture tells us, at the end of time, he will give his kingdom back to the Father. So far, what have we learned? That there is a lot of love in the Trinity, right? The Father gives everything as a gift to the Son. The Son receives, transforms it with the Holy Spirit, and gives it back. Love is never kept. Love is love only when it comes and goes. What a lesson. And remember, we are made out of love in the image of God. So only love can make us truly be who we are. Jesus is the king of the universe. And the opening prayer told us that the way we belong to him, the way we are part of this kingdom is because the king set us. free so his kinship is not imposed on us but he first set us free from the bonds of slavery from the bonds of death from the bonds of sin and then he invites us says do you want to be part of my family and we are free to respond we are free to respond yes I want to live as a child of God no I want to do my own thing and this is the drama of the end of the world. When he will call all people, all nations, did you hear? The final judgment is not only something that Christians have to go through, but all the nations. And they will be asked the very same question that we will be asked. I had been talking a lot about the final exam, right? This is the, the Sunday where we read about the final exam. And we read we find out what's on that final exam there is only one question and God is going to ask us that question and he will ask us all it will ask all people the very same question and nobody said well I don't believe in you surprise is the same question it's the same final test so what's going on as I told you Jesus rules in his kingdom, not as a, an earthly king, but as one as a shepherd who wants to lead his flock, his people to green pastures. We responded to the first reading where God himself presents himself as a shepherd. We said, the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. It means that we want to make that choice to be led by God, by Christ in life so that he can lead us into the everlasting party, the wedding party. You remember, we have been meditating on these parables of the end of the world. And the image that we receive from the gospel is that the end of the world will be a wedding party. I can wait. But the drama is that some of us may find themselves with the door locked. Why? At the end of the world, there is this act of separation. That's how Jesus describes this thing, that the king will come and on his throne will separate people. As a shepherd separates sheep from the goat. What does it mean? It means that when we go to the other side of creation, God will continue to respect our values. God will continue to respect our belief. Recently, I've been reading some books On um, on who God is and what some people think about the end of the world and there is this new trend that says well at the end of the world when Jesus comes to judge the living and the dead because God is love everybody will go to heaven. It's a lovely image but first of all it doesn't reflect what Jesus is saying right Jesus has been saying that the doors will be closed there is a separation and then it also violates I think, the fact that God is love. Imagine, I'm given the choice to say yes to the will of God or no to the will of God. And I'm telling you, I was told, you know, God loves you and he respects your answer. So I go through my life th- knowing that I'm free to choose between God's will and re- or rejected it. I can accept his love for me or reject it. And then when I go on the other side, I find out it was not true at all. That even though I may have chosen not to love God and not to um, receive his love, I'm going to get it anyway. Do you understand? It's it's disrespectful, if you think about it. Jesus is telling us that God, on the other side of creation, will continue to respect our choices. So we want to take a look at this. Also, another thing that we learn is that this king is completely opposite to the king of, of the time of Jesus. Back then, whatever the king was feeling, the whole kingdom would feel. So it could very well be that you were, you know, you lost somebody dear to you, your spouse, your child, whatever, and you were grieving, you were very, very sad. But if the king was happy, the whole kingdom will rejoice. And you better go to the party and put the happy face on because the king was happy. On the other hand, if the king was sad, guess you were supposed to be mourning too. And if the king would change religion, you would change religion too. What is Jesus telling us in this parable? That he is completely different. He changes, he follows the sheep. And he says, whatever you did to the least of my brothers, you did it to me. So if instead of the citizens doing what the king does, it's the king that feels and experiences what the citizens experience. Completely different. What a God we worship. What a God we follow. Isn't that amazing? Your enthusiasm doesn't seem to be as it's, okay, but it's fine. But now Jesus is identifying with each one of us, and he suffers when we suffer. When we are treated badly, he is treated badly. And you remember the same, uh, St. Paul, we, we learned that also when Uh, Saint Paul encountered, well he was not Saint Paul back then, he was uh, killing all the Christians, Uh, but when he was on his way to Damascus and he encountered Christ, the risen Christ in the big light and he hears the voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Paul of course says, who are you that I'm persecuting? He says, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Well, Jesus had risen, so technically Paul was not persecuting Jesus, but whom was he persecuting? The disciples, but we are his body. So you know, right, what happens if you have a toothache or an ingrown hair somewhere and you just start getting it, it's the whole body that fills it, isn't it? And that's why we want to understand it is Jesus that considers whatever we are going through as though he's going through it himself. So now what do we do with all these things? Well, at the end of time, we will be asked one thing, and that's the only thing that can go through death. Death is pretty strong, right? Everything on this side of creation is born, develops, it grows, and then it dies. We all, that, that's the, the reality. So death is very strong. Now, we need to have something that is incredibly powerful that can go through death. And what is it? When when you don't know the answer, chances are the answer is (laughs) love. So what is the only thing that is stronger than death? Yep. So you see that it's the only thing that we can carry on the other side. So the final exam will be exactly this. Have you loved the least of my brothers and sisters. Who are these least of my brothers and sisters? If we go through the history of interpretation of this passage, you see that at the very beginning, they understood the brothers and sisters of Jesus to be the members of the community. And therefore, there was an incredible amount of emphasis on making sure that the members of the community were always included, you know, there was this growth as a body. Then, Later on, only actually recently, we began to understand these brothers and sisters to apply to every single person in the world. And the Holy Spirit began this incredible um, rush in the church of all the uh, orders, uh, the congregations, and ministries that take care of the poor, the people going to visit people in prison, all the works of charity. You see, it's always important to follow what the Holy Spirit is telling us about what the Gospel means in that particular time. So now we know that we ought to love, we ought to consider ourselves and consider others to be brothers and sisters of Jesus, because together we dare to call God our Father. How we love one another impacts the way we love God, you understand? The way we love one another impacts the way we love God. And if we really say that we love God, we ought to understand that it's not such a thing as I just love God by himself. We have to love one another as well. Even the monks who do the vow of living by themselves, like the Trappist, um, and um, there's another order actually, can't remember right now. Um, yeah, can't remember, just went away. But we have that. So the, you know, they they live in huts, they live separate. Even though they're a member of the same order, the same community, they live by themselves. Even then, according to the rule, their rule, they have to come periodically together, quote, to wash each other's feet, meaning to minister to one another. Christianity cannot separate the love of God from the love of neighbor. And what happens if we don't like the neighbor? What happens if we do not agree with the neighbor? What happens if? What happens if? What happens if? The answer is love. Jesus said it: love your enemy, bless those who persecute you. But I don't like them. Love them more. It's, Christian life is annoyingly simple. We complicate it, and that's why the gospel helps us to simplify a lot of our things. Okay. So now we see that this king that identifies with the little brothers and sisters of his now separates people. Remember that that's how God creates the world. At the beginning of the Bible, when we read the story of creation, we, real, we see that God separates things. He separates the night from the day, the, the sky from the earth, the water from above from the water. He does this act of separation. Within this word, separation, there is the word in Hebrew for holy, holiness. Holiness means not going around with a halo, but means I'm different, I'm separated from a way of thinking and a way of doing. Why? Because I'm set aside for a particular purpose, to be God's, to be part of his family. So that's what he does at the end of, of time. He will separate to create a new So there is a new act of creation. And he says he separates as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And it's interesting that the goats end up in the eternal fire prepared for the devil. This is all symbolic language. Let's go through very quickly. The people who follow the king are the sheep. Because stereotypically speaking, and I read books because I don't have sheep, um, those are the animals that are willingly following the shepherd so that they can be led to green pastures, be healthy, and willing to give the wool to the shepherd so they can make sweaters, hats, and scarves, I don't know. Okay? So their life becomes a blessing and enrichment for others. The goats, however, I understand, stereotypically were identified as stubborn animals that only want to do whatever they want to do, when they want to do it. Even though some of them are very cute, we have a lot of videos of little goats on social media, right? Facebook and things. Adorable. But apparently, when they grow up, they grow up to be quite stubborn. And it's then they go to the fire that, that it was set aside for the devil. Remember that what the devil does throughout scriptures is very simple. He accuses and separates, creates divisions, creates confusion within the world so we now know how to identify the behavior of goats in our lives so now we are going back to what are we supposed to do this week and how we are supposed to prepare ourselves to close the year and open a new one we don't have to wait for this end of the world uh, thing to happen at the end of time we can ask right here right now God to help us to put an end to the old way, to a world, so that something new can come up. It's a choice. And we can do it with God as we are on this side of creation. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Tomorrow, I will be the very same person I am today. Tomorrow, I will be the very same person I am today. If I want to be better tomorrow, I have to make changes when? today. Otherwise, tomorrow will be the very same one. That's why sometimes I don't finish books. I don't finish, you know, my I don't get any better. Why? Because I think I'll do it tomorrow. Will I do it tomorrow? Nope. Will I change tomorrow? Nope. We only have today to change. So we want to ask this week, God, to come into our lives and help us separate the sheep inside of us from the goat inside of us. The willingness to say, Lord, you are my shepherd. I want to follow you. I want to listen to your voice. And every time we become more like a goat, like we start mashing our head against other people, we start getting very angry and pointing fingers and create divisions, that's the goat. We want to make sure that we identify and make sure that we ask God to help us setting aside. Goats are fine. These are just symbols, okay? People who love goats were going to write letters to me. We, I, I like it. We also eat it in Italy, so it's so good. But anyway, do you understand what it means? It's a challenge for us to enter into a different type, different moment of our lives this week and says, let me identify my sheep and my goat inside of me and ask God to separate it so that the more we become aware, what it means to be a child of God, the more we can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I'm gonna follow him, and only he can satisfy my heart. So that by the time we will see him face to face, he will come and say, my brother, my sister, well done, come and share with me in the joys of the master, and share with me the beautiful crown that is prepared for each one of us who have received it on the day of baptism. And that day, when Christ will come, He will be the most beautiful thing that He can give us, a share in His kingdom. I hope that you felt inspired by the Gospel to respond to it by looking at your life and see what choices you can make so that you can become more and more the sheep of His flock. It's worth it, let me tell you. It's indeed how we are going to celebrate the rest of our life when we will see him face to face. I'll wish you well. I'll talk to you soon. Happy Thanksgiving and um, God bless. And I'm looking forward to start a whole new cycle, a whole new adventure with you. God bless. Bye-bye.